0: Ladies and gentlemen, serial listeners, canceled cultists. Welcome back to episode seven of the Totally Innocent Podcast. This week, we got a banger for you. Not only are we talking about a serial killer from my home state of South Dakota and the town that I currently reside in, uh, but also our first male serial killer on the show, uh, Robert Leroy Anderson, okay, was a serial killer in South Dakota. Uh, Growing up, my mom was absolutely terrified to go to the big city. I grew up in a town of about 420 people, and that includes the stray cats running around. I'm not even joking about that. I do a lot of joking. I do a lot of misinformation and misguided fact, but that is actually accurate. So we're going to cover him today. I think it'll be an interesting episode because, hey, uh, I live here. So I was like, who can we do? Uh, giggity. Uh, Yeah, so we're going to do Robert Leroy Anderson today. But first, got some announcements. Uh, If you want to head on over to the Twitter, follow us over there. You can find us at Canceled Cult over on Twitter at Facebook.com backslash Canceled Cult. If you want to send something into the show, you want to have a conversation, you want me to read something on air, you want to tell me who to cover next, you send an email over to CancelCultProductions at gmail.com. To stay up to date on all of our latest podcasts and all the information regarding those, you can find us over at thecanceledcult.com and YouTube. Yeah, you can find us over on YouTube at the best podcast ever created at YouTube.com. Just kidding. Every week, we are nobodies. You can find us by using the search bar. Stop being lazy. I know you are. Not really. I'm just kidding. I love you guys. I love you guys. Uh, But yeah, man, so we're going to talk about Robert Leroy Anderson today. Probably be a little bit shorter episode, depending on how much information that I can find on the man. Uh, We do know he was born in 1970. He lived in Sioux Falls. Oh, he died in Sioux Falls. I'm not exactly sure where he was from yet. I'm recording this before we do uh, the deep dive in the articles and do some reading and stuff. Uh, But I do know, like I said in the beginning, my mom was terrified to leave our small town living and come to the city, even shop. And she made me terrified. This kind of thing happens all the time, but it can happen to anybody. So I understand Uh, she was terrified when this when these murders were occurring uh, because she was a a woman and Robert mainly targeted women. Uh, So there was one time we came to town. Uh, and she brought me to the mall, and we were I was with somebody. I can't remember who I was, my aunt or uncle or something like that. I think it was my aunt or grandma, actually. Uh, and I remember my mom had to leave and go do an errand, uh, so we were just walking around the mall, and I was waiting for her to come back. It felt like hours, knowing that this man was out there killing women. Uh, it scared me. It did. Um, And so I I totally understand now as an adult where the fear is we're going on vacation to uh, good old Minneapolis in September. And I hear that there's an active serial killer up there that's targeting. Guess what? Men. Dudes. Uh, do I want to go? I mean, I'm always packing, but am I packing out of state? Not really. So it's a little nerve wracking. I get where she was coming from. Uh, and, uh, and I get where she's going. If that makes sense. So, yeah. Without further ado, that's the announcements. Let's hop into the intro. For one, Robert Leroy Anderson. Robert Leroy Anderson was a serial killer in South Dakota. He bragged how he liked to torture and murder women. He was a sexual sadist and a predator. He was accused of murdering two women, Piper Piper Strail, who was 28 years old, and Larissa Demansky, she was 29 years old. Also accused of the attempted kidnapping of Amy Anderson, Robert Anderson was married twice and had four children. Poor kids. A fellow cellmate of Robert Anderson, Bruner, testified against him for a reduced sentence of his own crimes. His strong testimony led detectives to evidence hidden at Robert Anderson's grandmother's house. Anderson's friend, Walker, was tied separately, uh, tried separately as an accessory to kidnapping and murder. He received a 30-year sentence. Robert Anderson was sentenced to death by lethal injection. In December of 2002, while awaiting his appeal of his conviction, Robert Anderson's father killed himself, a gunshot wound to his head. Short while later, Robert Anderson was placed in isolation, taken off death row for possession of a razor blade. It was speculated he was going to do harm to himself, and on March 30th, 2003, three months after his father's suicide, Robert Anderson committed suicide. He was found hanging in his cell by a sheet tied to the bar. And good. Fuck that guy. You uh, you made my mom scared. So fuck you. Yay. Congratulations. Thank you. Was that too quiet? Turn it up a little bit. Good. Good. Uh, that is the intro for this piece of shit. Uh, let's hop on in to the early life, uh, if we can find any, uh, and uh, move on from there. Let's run it. I'm just going to be honest here, man. There's not a lot that I could find when it comes to the younger years or the early life of Robert Leroy Anderson. There's just not much there. There is a book called The Duct Tape Killer uh, that you can get on Amazon. I think it's $7. If you want the audio book, you can get it for free with a premium trial of Audible. Uh, But yeah, even if you have Kindle, it's still $7. And the audio version is six hours long. I don't know if it has information on the early life. Of Mister Anderson in there, Mister Anderson. Have you ever seen the Matrix? Uh, but you got to think of what was his life like. He was born in 1970, lived in South Dakota. What happened? Why was he like this? Was he mistreated by his father or mother? What were his grandparents like? Did he have siblings? Did he struggle with mental illness? What happened to to make somebody? do the heinous things that Robert Anderson did. We may never know, unless it is listed in the book, in which case, I may never know, but you might. And if you find out, maybe you can let me know by sending an email over to cancelcallproductions@gmail.com, and I will uh, follow up. I'll follow up in a future episode on this. Uh, I want to talk about him, and thankfully we have a history of his crimes and the stories of his crimes, but when it comes to early life, not much there, right? I would be very curious to know how he was treated by his parents or if he struggled with mental illness. That would be that would be the main thing that I would want to know about it. Uh, but yeah, if you know, send us an email and let me know and I will update this uh, in a future episode. But for now, let's hop into the crimes and the trial of Robert Leroy Anderson. Let's fucking run it. Piper Potts, uh, I wonder if she knew Tony Stork... <laughs> I kid, I kid, it's a tragic story, uh, was a very attractive woman, young woman from Texas. She met her future husband, Vance Straley at a Bible college in Oregon. They got married in 1988 and three years later moved to a trailer located on 40 acres in Canasota, South Dakota. I know Canasota very well. Uh, it's about 20 miles West of Sioux Falls. My wife and I were actually looking for a house, uh, looked at a house out there when we were looking for, uh, our house. Uh, they were a deeply religious couple. The Australians realized that their dream was to have their own part-time ministry uh, and run their own Bible camp for children. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, from the road, passing motorists would be able to see pews that they had set up in their front yard. Just good people, man. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, the Straley's had two children, Shayna and Nathan. They were three and two years of age, respectively. Uh, Nathan's second birthday fell on Monday, July 29th, 1996, and this is the day that they would lose their mother, Piper. Uh, That morning, at about 6.30 a.m., Vance Straley, uh, he was 29 years old, took his plumbing plumbing van uh, and left for a plumbing job as usual. Piper, who was 28, ordinarily would leave the house uh, a little bit later and take the children to the babysitter on the way to her job Uh, at Southeastern Children's Center, the Southeastern Children's Center in Sioux Falls. Uh, And a fact of the case is that she actually called the babysitter, Mrs. Jordanson, at 9.20 a.m. to say that they were on their way currently. The only thing is that Piper Straley never arrived at the babysitter uh, or at her job. Uh, Her husband would be informed of this. And Vance would call home at about noon and left a message uh, for Piper on the answering machine that would say, "Honey, where are you?" Vance asked. Wow, uh, Around three o'clock, Patty Sinclair, who worked with Miss Straley uh, at the daycare facility, uh, called to check in on her. and her little her little girl, Shayna, was the one who picked up the phone. Uh, she blurted out, "I don't want Mommy to die into the receiver. I don't want my daddy to die. They're probably killed. What the fuck? Uh, stunned, obviously, uh, Patty asked a co worker of, of theirs to call the McCook County Sheriff's Office uh, while she was on the line with Shayna. Uh, she spoke to Shayna again, uh, but this time she kept the child on the telephone for nearly 45 minutes until Sheriff Gene Taylor arrived at the trailer. Uh, to see what was going on. Uh, by now it was after five. Uh, Taylor had found the children and the family dog. It was a Labrador. golden A golden lab. Uh, his name was Chase. Uh, but there was no sign of Pepper anywhere. Pepper. Piper. I'm, I got Avengers on my brain. I want to see the campus. Uh, the trailer was in disarray. Yet the children uh, were fine. They had not been harmed. Uh, Nathan made it hard. Uh, Nathan made hardly a sound. Shayna was, of course, crying. Mommy's going to die, she told Sheriff Taylor. Uh, And Jim Stevenson, uh, he was a South Dakota Division of Criminal Investigation, a DCI agent. Uh, The two men were able to extract an account of what had happened from Shayna. A man, a mean man, as Shayna described him. Uh, He was driving a black vehicle with black wheels, uh, and that he, she had said that he had came into the trailer and grabbed their mom. Uh, she reported that there was a lot of yelling, a lot of anger, uh, and the man shot a gun. Uh, their mother told them to run and hide. So they did. Uh, and then Shana said that the man had taken Nathan's blue tent, a birthday pre- present that he had received the night before. Uh, as Shana recounted the fragmented story, her father had got home. Uh, she started, she crawled up, cuddled with him, sobbing in his arms Uh, She blurted out that the man had taken Nathan's tent. What a fucking dick. Uh, Choking back his own tears, Vance Straley reassured his daughter that it was okay. We got another tent. Uh, Shana was insistent that her mother was going to die, saying she's not coming back. Uh, The investigation turned up several witnesses. Uh, They reported seeing this truck or a sports utility vehicle. Uh, It was a flat black color, uh, and it was in the vicinity of the Straley residence on that day. Uh, one couple who lived in the area saw a very nervous young man. He was wearing blue jeans and a baseball cap. He was walking from trailer to trailer and then back to the back to the black Ford Bronco that was parked in the driveway. Uh, authorities had nothing substantive to go on here until late of the evening of July 29th. Uh, that's when Vance suddenly recalled a visit to the trailer a couple days earlier by a fat, bald stranger in his mid-20s. This man was Robert Anderson. Uh, Vance would notify the police. They would come back out to the residence to follow up on the new information. Straley remembered Anderson as an affable guy who had a limp handshake. Probably had a limp dick, too, you fucking asshole. <laughs> he had driven up in a black Bronco. Uh, it was about 7.30 a.m. the previous Friday. Uh, and at first, he didn't seem to know what he wanted to say. Uh, he was surprised that Vance opened the door when he had knocked. Uh, and he mumbled something about having drive by the house several times over the past few months. Uh, so he just he he was caught off guard that that uh, that the husband answered answered the phone, answered the phone, answered the door. What the fuck am I talking about? Uh, finally, uh, Piper would walk to the front door, uh, and Anderson would inquire to her about enrolling his children in the Bible camp. Vance would tell him that the camp was closed for the year, but they would be glad to put his name on the list for 1997, the following year. Uh, Piper wrote his name and phone number on a piece of paper and then Anderson left. Uh, by the next morning, investigators had fully identified the Australia's visitor as Robert Leroy Anderson. He was 26, a high school dropout cause he's a fucking idiot. Uh, twice married, father of four kids, lived in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and he worked the 11 PM to 7:30 AM shift at John Morell. If you don't like their hot dogs, get out of the podcast. Uh, the DCI assistant director, Bob Prix and other law enforcement officers went to Anderson's house where they awakened him and said that they needed to speak with him. Anderson put on his jeans, t-shirt, his shitty baseball cap, uh, and involuntarily drove his blue Ford Bronco to the police station. Uh, an investigative team would search the Bronco and his home while Anderson underwent a seven-hour investigation. Uh, beneath the carpeting of the Bronco's cargo area, officers found a plywood platform with holes drilled into it, so it was like a little sneaky boy compartment there. Uh, each obviously designed to accommodate wrist or ankle restraints. A toolbox containing chain and wooden dowels also was found in the vehicle. Uh, there were traces of black water-based paint and a partial roll of duct tape. Dog hair, similar to those of the Strailey's family dog, were also recovered, along with some furniture-moving straps. Uh, Anderson remained calm the whole time, denied that he had anything to do with uh, Piper's disappearance or anything with her fate or whereabouts at all. But he did concede that he had visited the Straley trailer uh, the previous Friday morning uh, and also admitted that he had returned Monday. He said he had come back because he wanted to use the Straley's archery range. Didn't know they had one of those. Uh, Anderson claimed that he had knocked on the door, but there was no answer. He said that he could hear children playing with what he assumed was... Piper uh, maybe she was taking a nap so he he dipped he left out Uh, the conversation uh, touched on topics (laughs) Uh, what was that Uh, as diverse as the suspect's boyhood speech impediment his professional interest in anal what professed professional I have a professional interest in anal sex yes Yes. Oh, wrong one. Thank you. Thank you. It took a lot for me to, to say that. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? His professed interest in anal sex. They, they talked about uh, this. Uh, he was mad because his wife did not have a similar interest in the anal sex. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so, Yeah. Uh, he was in this interrogation. Uh, while he was there, uh, investigators found what appeared to be handcuff keys at his apartment. He was confronted with these handcuff keys, uh, and Anderson admitted that they were his, uh, but he didn't own any handcuffs to go with. It. I just have the keys. Uh, no idea where the the cuffs could be. Uh, he also uh, he also denied Dan Johnson's account. Uh, of cleaning the Broncos. So, uh, Dan Johnson was a neighbor that said, uh, that told investigators that, uh, he recalled seeing Anderson carefully clean the interior of his blue Bronco on the morning of the 29th. Mr. Johnson reported that Anderson left for a while and then returned around 2 PM, uh, where he cleaned the vehicle again. I don't even clean my vehicle f- once a month. What do you clean your vehicle twice a day for? Unless you got something to hide, you fuck. Okay. Uh, turns out what was going on was that uh, this paint that the investigators found, Anderson was using this paint to paint his blue Bronco to a black Bronco and then would just wash it off. Actually, kind of fucking smart if he wasn't a, ser- a scary, sexual sadist, asshole fuckface. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. Uh, later on, Vance uh, Straley would pick Robert Anderson out of a lineup. As the man who came to his home on the morning of the 26th, Shayna, his daughter, would also identify him as the quote-unquote mean man who had forcibly taken my mother away. Nice. This little girl is smart, and I feel bad for her. I feel so bad for this whole family. Uh, at 30 in the morning on August 2nd, 1996, the Sioux Falls police arrested Robert Anderson at Murrell's, Uh, if you don't like their hot dogs, fuck you, and charged him with kidnapping the kidnapping of Piper Straley. Uh, so they had the evidence to charge him with the kidnapping of Piper Straley. Uh, Anderson was charged with that kidnapping. Uh, and he went to the, he went on trial the following spring. He was not charged with murder. Uh, the investigation for murder, there was not any sufficient evidence to prosecute him for this crime, uh, that would end in any sort of su- successful, uh, prosecution, so they just got him on the kidnapping. Uh, the prosecution team, led by South Dakota South Dakota South Dakota Attorney General Mark Barnett, uh, would show the jury that the defendant had bought black paint uh, that Monday morning and sprayed it on the Bronco to change the appearance of the vehicle. Uh, so that's what he was doing. Uh, and then uh, he he had taken Shayna, and uh, I just I, I just feel ba- I just feel so bad. For the Straley's. So they got him convicted on the kidnapping uh, where he was given uh, life in prison on May 8th, 1997. Anderson's jury found him guilty of kidnapping Piper. Uh, Two months later, the state circuit judge Boyd McMurchie, McMurkey, McMurchie, uh, sentenced him to life in prison for this. Nobody was happy with this outcome. Uh, Anderson complained in court that he was an innocent victim of vindictive prosecution. I hope you fucking rot in hell. Why does everybody have a southern fucking accent? Uh, I hope you rot in hell. I don't know. Uh, He told the judge this uh, just before the sentencing. The judge snapped back, says I might. (laughs) I might, Uh, but it won't be because I convicted Robert Anderson. Oh, got him. Uh, In fact, Barnett was not no happier at all than Anderson was to receive this. Uh, It was for different reasons, however. The attorney general would vow in court that there would be a day of reckoning sooner or later where Robert Anderson will face a homicide charge. Investigators also found uh, pieces of Piper's shirt out in like a, a wooded area. They also found wadded up duct tape uh, and some other things. But evidently, this was not good enough to get a murder conviction out of it. Uh, so at this moment in time, they just don't know any better, right? Well, they, they probably do know better, uh, but there's nothing that they can really do about it. He was convicted of kidnapping and got life in prison for that. Uh, but the murder charge could not come because there just wasn't enough evidence yet. Uh, there is another uh, another story to hop into here, so we will do that, and then we'll we hop on over to the trial uh, with with this, and then we'll, uh, we'll find out where they're at now, uh, where uh, Robert Anderson is now, and then we'll get the hell out of here on this lovely Wednesday afternoon. What do you say? Piper Potts, no relation to Pepper Potts, uh, was not the first woman to meet... Robert Leroy Anderson's sadistic, twisted tomfuckery. Uh, in 1991, Larissa and Bill Demansky would move to South Dakota from the Ukraine. They were eager to start a new life in the U.S. of A, the good old U.S. of A, uh, and, and leave the Ukraine and begin working here. They both started working at John Morrell's meat packing plant. If you don't like their hot dogs, still, fuck you. Um, eventually, though, Bill would find work elsewhere. He didn't want to work with meat the rest of his life. Larissa... Remained at the company, mostly working the night shift. Hmm. Uh, It was there that she befriended the plant's maintenance man, Robert Leroy Anderson. Not a good friend to have. Anderson would have a lifelong friend in Glenn Walker. Uh, He would share and confide his violent murder fantasies with Glenn. He also shared a common interest. Their common interest? They both wanted to experience what it would be like to kidnap a woman and kill her. My friend's talk about sex, video games, and what we cook for supper. What the fuck? Uh, together, they devised an elaborate plan. It was a super complicated plan uh, to kidnap Larissa. Anderson had already been stalking her for several months up to this point. Anderson and Walker put a spike strip down on the road, specifically wanting to damage Larissa's tires, hoping that when she stopped, they'd be able to nab her out of the car. However, their plan didn't work because Larissa is a fucking genius. Larissa had experienced many flat tires in her life, yet she would never stop the car in an isolated place. Ladies, men, everybody, if your tires pop for some unknown, ungodly, otherworldly fucking reason, do not park your car in an isolated area. Drive to where there's lights, drive to where there's people. I don't care if your rims get damaged. I know it's an expensive fix. It's worth it to keep your life. So, Larissa did just this. Their plan would fall through. It uh, made it difficult to abduct her uh, because she's not an idiot. Uh, they didn't want to risk getting caught, so instead they try. They decided to try a, diff- a different method, uh, a much, st- uh, a much straighter method. Uh, on August 26th, Anderson approached Larissa in the parking lot where they worked, and he held her at knife point. Uh, I wanted to say that they had uh, had a a. a another method to get to the point because of shut up. Uh, so Anderson and Walker would force her in the vehicle after, uh, he held her at knife point and they would drive, uh, Larissa to Lake Vermilion. uh, for context, Morales is in Sioux Falls. Vermilion is about an hour away, 48 minutes. Uh, they raped her several times, According to Hazelwood and uh, McCowd, Larissa pleaded desperately for her life, but Anderson ignored this. I don't know who Hazelwood and Macowd are. Uh, Maybe they were witnesses or something. Uh, During testimony given by Walker several years after the incident, he informed the police that Anderson suffocated Larissa with duct tape and then buried her remains beneath a choke cherry bush At the time of Larissa's death, she was approximately six weeks pregnant. Oh, no. Fuck. Uh, Shortly after Anderson was convicted for the kidnapping of Piper in 1997, Walker confessed to police uh, that he was an accomplice in the abduction to Larissa. He told them that he and Anderson methodically planned and carried out the kidnapping. We were fucking... Listen. Listen. Detective. I... (laughs) Our plan had no holes. No holes. Everything went according to plan. We specifically popped her tires, knowing that she was a genius, and we would have to take a look at a different way. Uh, He he did claim that he was not involved in her rape or murder. He also said that he would show the police the the exact location of Larissa's body. Okay. Okay. Uh, on May 20th, Walker led the police to Larissa's shallow, unmarked grave at Lake Vermilion. Uh, the remains were dug up, uh, and they realized that portions of the skeleton were missing. In 1999, Midwest News article stated that forensic experts recovered a total of 57 items related to Larissa, uh, which included a tooth, a rib, the bones from the left and right wrist, several fingers, a right foot, and ankle, uh, several fingernails. Uh, jaw and throat bones. Moreover, they found that uh, in near the grave, a pair of working gloves, shell casings and bullets, Larissa's shoes, a part of her belt, jewelry, uh, and pieces of her clothing. The authorities were baffled as to why the only part of Larissa's body was present in the grave, uh, while only part of Larissa's body was present in the grave. Uh, There were no signs of any large animals that would come by and uh, disturb the site. Uh, it was neatly covered over, Uh, the police would get their explanation from an unlikely source several months later. Uh, So this episode is a little bit different, right? Because we didn't have the early years and there's a couple different specific stories we want to talk about. Now we'll hop on over to uh, confessions and convictions, uh, all of that stuff, the trial stuff, uh, and then uh, find out where they're at now and then we'll get you out of here. So let's run it. Hey, you remember that unlikely source uh, that police would get their explanation from several months later? You remember that? Uh, Yeah. In 2002, an Aberdeen, South Dakota news article uh, stated that Anderson had a prison cellmate, one Jeremy Bruner, and said that he contacted the attorney's general office in August of 1997 with information about Anderson's crimes. He told them that... uh, Anderson had bragged excessively and in great detail about the murder of Piper and Larissa. Uh, Bruner told authorities that Anderson admitted that he was a serial killer and that he kept trophies of all of his victims at his grandmother's house. What the fuck? So police showed up uh, and they found these so-called trophies. Oh, that's just my boy's ear collection. Like, what the fuck, man? How do you not know? Ah, sweet old lady, man. Gotta be. Gotta be. Uh, he even told Bruner the precise locations of the items in his grandmother's home. Yeah, um... You you hang a left of the stairs into the spare bedroom over there, and then you will find my prized ear collection. What the shit? Uh, obviously, because of all of this, uh, Bruner... Uh, the hero, also a criminal, uh, but he did agree to give up all of this information for uh, a little bit of time off my sentence. What do you What do you say? Hey, listen here. Uh, I'll give you all this information, uh, but you gotta you gotta do something for me. So they did, uh, and finally on September fourth, nineteen ninety seven, Anderson was charged with murdering Larissa Demansky. He was also charged with the rape and murder. Of Piper Straley. Nice. His trial. Scheduled to begin. In March. Of 1999. This time. The day of reckoning. Would fucking come. Anderson's trial took place. In Minnehaha County. That is where I fucking live. I'm not going to give you specifics. I don't need any potential serial killers out there. uh, You know. Looking for me. Uh. Yeah, so it, it, it took place in South Dakota, Minnehaha County Circuit Court during the first week of March of 1999. Uh, the attorneys representing his case were John A. Schlimgen and Mike Butler. Deputy Attorney General Larry Long headed the prosecution team and Judge Tim Dallas Tucker uh, presided over the case. The entire trial lasted approximately one month. During the proceedings, Shayna from the Piper story... Uh, testified. just kidding. her testimony was never heard. Uh, although although her description of events that took place on the day of July 29, 1996 was presented in court eyewitnesses, uh, Anderson's friends and one-time cellmate Bruner also testified. The evidence against Anderson was stacking up. It was overwhelming. the defense didn't stand a chance. Uh, and they even got his grandma up there. I knew that this boy had all these fucking ears. I don't know how to do an old lady voice. I'm going to work on that. Uh, But yeah, grandma actually never, uh, never testified. Uh, But yeah, it was overwhelming. We had all these eyewitnesses. We had all the evidence. We had the confession to cellmate Bruner. On April 6th, a jury of eight men and eight women quickly returned the verdict. Anderson was found guilty on four counts, including the rape and murder of Piper and the kidnapping and murder of Larissa. Three days later, the same jury sentenced Anderson to death by lethal injection. Uh, how about uh, death by special vitamins? Head on over to grandmaju.com to find out more info today. Not really. Uh, yeah. Uh, Anderson's friend, longtime friend, Glenn Walker, Uh, was tried for his crimes in March 2000. He pled guilty to the attempted kidnapping of Amy Anderson, uh, accessory to kidnapping, and the first-degree murder and conspiracy to kidnap Larissa Dermanski. He received a total of 30 consecutive years behind bars at the South Dakota State Pen. Uh, In January 2002, Anderson filed for a death sentence appeal with the South Dakota Supreme Court, according to the Aberdeen News. Uh, His lawyers presented 18 issues in their appeal, some of the arguments raised included a secret deal between prosecutors and Jamie Hammer in exchange for testimony. Who the fuck is Jamie Hammer? Anderson complained that he was not tried separately for the abduction and murder of Larissa, nor did he get the chance to confront Shayna and that he was denied his right to make a statement for to the jurors before his penalty. I, you denied the chance To confront a three-year-old girl? I mean, this time she's not three. She's still under 10, you sick fuck. You would have done more damage to her mental state than you already did by, oh, I don't know, kidnapping and murdering her fucking mom, you piece of shit. Uh, The Supreme Court met to discuss Anderson's appeal in March of 2002, and the court would finally make their decision. In May 2003? But, uh... That's when they made the decision, but Anderson would never hear the final results. Uh, That would be because on March 30th, while awaiting the outcome of his appeal, Robert Leroy Anderson uh, committed suicide. Yeah, uh, he killed himself. Uh, He was not in his death row cell, but was alone in segregation cell uh, when he was found hanging by a sheet tied to a bar. He was placed in isolation because he was found to be in possession of a razor blade. It was likely that he obtained this blade uh, to use a, to use for self-harm. Approximately three months before Anderson killed himself, his father also committed suicide, couldn't bear fathering such a shitty, heinous fucking person. Uh, he shot himself in the head. His father's actions may have been a catalyst, which prompted him to take his own life too. Uh... Whatever gets you there, I guess. Uh, After Anderson committed suicide, the Supreme Court of South Dakota just dismissed his appeal. Ah, whatever. I guess he won't be needing this. Uh, Court documents suggested uh, that they would have upheld Anderson's criminal convictions anyway. So, sucks to suck. Another factor in his suicide could have been that he knew his appeal would have been denied. And he was fucked either way. Dead if you do, dead if you don't sort of situation. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the case of one Robert Leroy Anderson. Uh, We would hop on over at this moment to uh, where are they now? But (laughs) he's fucking dead. Good. Fuck that guy. Uh, So, yeah. So, I mean, that it is what it is. That's Robert Leroy Anderson. That is the man that put fear into my mother's heart, which distilled fear in me. And now I'm afraid to go to Minneapolis. So, this whole thing was because of that. So, thanks, Mom. Shit. Anyways, guys, uh, that is episode 7 of the Totally Innocent Podcast. Thank you guys for coming back week to week. I see you again. You don't think that I do, but I got analytics, okay? I know. Uh, totally Innocent is the fastest growing cancel cult production podcast, and I cannot thank you enough for that, uh, I think it's just so fun. Even though a lot of it is like a little bit of research and then reading off of like uh, Murderpedia and Wikipedia and Biography.com and all this other stuff, but it's just so fun to make. It's so fun to talk about this stuff because I just have this, this deep fascination with the uh, the serial killer universe. Uh, it's a cinematic serial killer universe. Uh, oh, that should be a thing. Then maybe I could check that out when I'm checking out Avengers Campus. Finally. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm going to get out of here and let you enjoy your Wednesday. Thank you so much for stopping by. I will see you next week. Take care.